Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 99 of Wellness and Wanderlust. I know we're on a little bit of a weird publishing schedule lately, so thank you all for bearing with me and for tuning in from week to week. If you're new here, welcome. This is an episode you are absolutely going to love. This week, we're chatting with Haley Navarro, an energy healer, spiritual mentor, breathwork coach, and host of the Unfiltered Soul podcast. Haley's mission is to help you remember your whole and true self. In our conversation, Haley shares her own healing journey from overwhelm, anxiety, and disordered eating, and how breath work can help us regulate our nervous systems. She discusses tips for dealing with sensory overload, ways to become grounded during stressful times, the power of saying no, and daily practices to create a stronger window of tolerance. There are so many actionable takeaways from this one, and I know that you're absolutely going to love it. Our sponsor for today's episode has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because my doctor recommended I start incorporating greens into my morning routine, and I wanted to cut back on some of the many vitamins I take with breakfast. I work in community engagement and PR, so I'm on the go quite a bit, and time is a luxury. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I take AG1 every morning before breakfast, and it's great for digestion and gut health, energy, and immune health. AG1 is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals. AG1 has high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, and it's a great way to take care of yourself with a busy lifestyle. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com wanderlust. Again, that is athleticgreens.com wanderlust to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, friends, now on to today's show. Hi, Haley. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show. This is a topic that so many of our listeners have requested and expressed an interest in and something that I myself have quite an interest in as well. So before we really dive into that, why don't you start out by telling our listeners just a little bit about you and your wellness journey? Oh my goodness. Yes. So again, my name is Haley Navarro. I am a coach, Reiki healer, breathwork facilitator, and... I have been on my journey, I've been thinking about it, and I would say my healing journey really started when I was 18, when I took my very first yoga class. And this just came full circle actually a couple of days ago when I went to a yoga class and I'm like, oh, this has been it. And I didn't realize it until now. And I've been up and down with just all types of struggles, overwhelm, disordered eating, feeling not good enough people pleasing, X, Y, Z, you name it, I have probably dealt with it. And so within the last year, I've really been focusing on breath and processing. I used to hold in a lot of my emotions. I actually didn't cry for 10 years because I thought that's how you moved your way through life. I thought 
that's how you were strong. And so within the last couple of years, I would say within the last five, I've really been paying attention to how I feel on an emotional level and being able to express myself. It's still hard. I still struggle with it, but I'm getting better at it. And that's what I'm really here to do today, right? Tomorrow might be different, but today I'm here to help my clients, help anybody who desires help to really just get in touch with how they feel, what's happening in their bodies, and just allowing it to come up and out if it needs to. So that's just a little short version, but I'm sure we'll get more into it as as the episode goes on. Absolutely. I I think that so much of this is something that listeners and myself as well can really relate to the the overwhelm, the disordered eating, the people pleasing. I think especially with a mostly female audience, and these are these are all things that we struggle with, especially I think as often high achievers, we want to handle everything completely stoically, I think oftentimes, the not yeah. crying. Yeah, I was I've actually just started doing a, a manifestation course and it's focusing on that inner child work and mm-hmm. the expressing emotions and knowing when to express the emotions among certain people. That's something that I definitely have struggled with myself and something that I've pushed down and trying to get better at, but I can definitely relate when you share your story there. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you went from not crying for 10 years and struggling through some of the things that, again, that so many of us struggle through. Now you're a coach and a healer and you facilitate breath work. How did you find all of that? And talk to me about what that part of the journey looked like for you. It's actually really funny. If you would have asked me, I'm going to say five years ago, if I would be on this journey, I would have laughed at you. At you. My mom, who is also a Reiki healer, started taking Reiki classes, I'm going to say about 12 years ago. And I remember the first time she sent me Reiki, she had just finished up one of her trainings and we live five hours away from each other. So she was just kind of telling me that she did this course and she wanted to like practice on me. I'm like, okay, whatever. So just to pause for a second, if you don't know what Reiki is, it's just an energy healing technique. It can be done in person. It can be done long distance, but essentially it's hands-on healing and just sending universal healing light energy to whoever is open to receiving it. And so with that being said, my mom decided to send me Reiki. (laughs) And again, this is when I, when I say I haven't cried in 10 years, my parents got divorced at 15. I was probably 25 at that time. And my mom sent me Reiki and I swear to you, 10 years of crying came out of me and I didn't know. So she sent it at night and the next morning I woke up and I cried all day long, like to the point where I couldn't do anything. I stayed in my closet because that was my safe space as a kid. Even though I wasn't in my childhood bedroom or anything, I had a big enough closet to where I could go and lay down and feel safe and secure. And I cried all day long. And I had no idea why I was crying. I was crying so hard that I was hyperventilating and having panic attacks. And as much as I would try to stop it, I couldn't. It freaked my roommate out. I called my boyfriend at the time. I'm like, I had to cancel our plans for the day because I just could not get off of my closet floor and stop crying. And I remember calling my mom and saying, I don't know why I'm crying, 
but tears are just falling from my face and nothing happened. I'm not hurt. I'm safe, but I can't stop crying. And that's when she said, oh my goodness, I sent you Reiki last night. And my intention was for you to have an emotional healing. (laughs) And I was like, mom, please don't ever do that shit to me ever again. I do not consent. I am not okay with it. Don't do it again. And I don't want to say that it put a bad taste in my mouth, but I was like, no, (laughs) that's some voodoo shit. Please, please do not do that to me ever again. And so throughout the years, she would offer Reiki and I would decline and say, no, mom, I'm not interested. Please don't do it. And I'm going to say ever since then, all of my new friends... (laughs) had all been Reiki practitioners. And I'm like, what is going on? Why am I attracting all of these people who do Reiki? And I keep telling them, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. But everyone I was meeting were all Reiki healers. And so in 2020, so fast forward X amount of years, I was driving and I received a message so clearly that I don't even know what it sounded like, but it just sounded like a voice in my head and it said, it's time. And in that moment, I knew it was time to do my Reiki attunement. And I actually pulled over. I called one of my friends and I was like, okay, it's time. I need to become a Reiki healer. (laughs) And like the next weekend I did my, I did, I went through a training and an attunement and I did a couple of different levels. And so that was that. And just ever since then, I'm trying new practices and modalities and really diving into what I enjoy and what I see is working for my clients and people who attend my events. What an incredible story too. And what a a major transition too. I think all of us, it's kind of scary to think about feeling our feelings to the level of, you know, crying all day for sure. Yeah. But I think it's so funny that you mentioned because I finally experienced Reiki for myself. I've spoken with a lot of Reiki practitioners over the last couple of years on the podcast, but hadn't experienced it for myself. And I really did feel such a difference and such a calling after that. So I can definitely kind of understand what that, what that message feels like for sure. And and kind of being willing to try out these different modalities and see what's working for you, what doesn't, because, you know, it's not one size fits all, but what an incredible journey to, to have gone on and to kind of discover that part of yourself. Yeah. And also the timing, right? It might not be for you right now, but who's to say it won't be for you 10, 20 years from now, right? Like I said, I had no idea that I was going to to be living the life that I'm living now 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many of the things that, that I'm learning about now, I, I laugh about this because um, back when I was growing up, my dad was into what we considered kind of the new age, a little bit of the woo-woo. Uh-huh. And he was meditating back before it was kind of the mainstream. And now seeing seeing all of that, you know, and starting to do some of the practices that I was told as a kid, and I'm sure for you as well, with your mom being a Reiki practitioner too, experiencing these for yourself years later, you might not have ever expected that, that you would be doing that. So I think that you're so right about the timing. I'd love to know for you because you help clients with so many different things in terms of that nervous system regulation and a lot of the things that we talked about in terms of those struggles that that so many of us face. Can you talk first of all about what exactly is nervous system regulation and 
how it helps us calm our minds. Because I think we hear this term quite a bit, but to really understand what that is. Yeah. So everything that we absorb, everything that we hear, everything that we see, everything that we have been through affects our nervous system. And our nervous system is like a command center and it tells you how to respond. Um, That's why you hear the fight, flight, freeze, fawn, all the things. And so if you're in a hypervigilant state or if you're experiencing anxiety, that is your nervous system communicating with you that you are not okay. On the opposite side, if you are feeling like you can't get out of bed and you're feeling so lethargic that you have no life or no energy or no drive to do anything, that is also your nervous system telling you something, giving you information. Not to say that it's good or bad, it's just information and you get to decide what you want to do with that. But here's the thing, a lot of us don't know what to do to get out of those situations. And so by paying attention to your body, by really just focusing on how your body is feeling in this moment um, multiple times throughout the day, right? Because we can go up and down quickly and just having that awareness of how you're feeling and then having the tools to alter or move through that feeling. Did did that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And having that awareness is so huge. I think so often it can be really hard to even identify what that feeling is. And for many of us, it can be more of just, I feel bad or I feel good. And we can't really kind of pinpoint why or what exactly bad or good is. And I know that there's a lot, even in terms of labeling our emotions as good and bad, and that can certainly be something that that holds us back in a lot of ways. But how do we start to understand our feelings a little bit better? Because that's something that's come up in that inner child work for me as well, is kind of uncovering, actually identifying what I'm feeling in that moment. Yeah. Well, first, what I want to say and acknowledge is that no feeling is either good or bad right? It just is. It's just information. Um, And I think we, and I'm going to say me, we tend to put so many like good or bad and it's like, it doesn't have to be good or bad. It can just be your body, your mind, all the things just communicating with you to, to let you know where it's at right now. And also knowing that you have the opportunity to shift it. So with that being said, Just really getting quiet, taking a moment to see, to check in, where am I feeling tense in my body? What does my body feel like right now? So before this interview, before we got on, I mentioned to you that I was feeling a little nervous and I actually felt my body trembling. Now it was a a very slight feeling, but I'm so in tune to how my body is feeling because I ask it often, multiple times a day, how am I feeling? But I could feel what I would consider my bones to be shaking. Also, right now, my palms are sweating. I get also really hot when I'm nervous. I can feel my face getting red. I start sweating. That's also an indication of your body telling you something's going on. Everything looks different for everybody. I have a friend who coughs a lot when he gets nervous. People will start to feel 
shut down when they feel nervous. So it's really, it's really up to you and, and the individual, but to really get quiet and curious and just see, okay, my, maybe my breath is fast. Maybe my breath is shallow. Maybe I'm holding my breath, but am I holding my breath at the top of the breath or am I holding my breath at the bottom of the breath? There's so many different I'm going to say languages that your body communicates with you. And by doing it and by paying attention, you will start to learn and understand what that communication is for you because my communication is going to be completely different from your body's communication. That makes a lot of sense. We had an EFT practitioner on the show not too long ago. And when I had asked about what are different exercises and you know what what are different practices we can do for different emotions she even said hey it differs by person and where in the body you're storing it i don't necessarily tremble when i'm nervous but i do have my teeth start to chatter yeah I'll get certain emotions in my chest. I've certainly, now that my Fitbit, now that I have one of the newer Fitbits where it tracks more uh, parameters, I'll start to see my heart rate. And I can tell when, unfortunately, it was not a great exercise session. It was maybe a little bit more of my anxiety acting up, but I could certainly see when that's taking place based on, again, you know, where, where I'm feeling it in my body and starting to understand that a little bit more. And I think recognizing that our emotions do store themselves physically, that there are these physical manifestations of them. I think that can be really helpful. Totally. Totally. And, you know, not to get too, too much into it, but your body holds on to emotion. It holds on to past events, right? You can see something and you can feel tense in your body because your body remembers it. Not necessarily your mind remembers it, but your body could remember it, right? And so you might experience pain from something that you just don't know why you're experiencing it, but your body remembers it. It's so fascinating and just starting to truly uncover what that looks like. So many of us have experienced maybe that EMDR therapy, the EFT, some of the other practices to really start to see where where those feelings are manifesting. I think that the science, people are just starting to understand this because it's something that we didn't talk about, you know, growing up in school or any of that. Yeah, but I'm so happy we're having these conversations now. <laughs> it's so helpful. <laughs> yes, yes. I've actually, I spoke with one, um, I spoke with one person not too long ago about, um, he teaches social emotional skills in schools. And when he has these middle school, elementary school students who are feeling maybe a big emotion that they're not comfortable with, even having them wiggle their fingers and their toes. And it's something that we don't think about that. We think about, well, why are you feeling the emotion? And mm -hmm. I think we overthink so much of it when a lot of times it really, you know, maybe just recognizing it and accepting it for what it is and finding a way to move the energy through is going to be just as impactful or more so than trying to just solve the problem in the moment. Oh, you said that beautifully. You're so right. I think we totally overthink it. Uh, so I am a ruminator um, and, um, you know, I'll have my thoughts keep me up at night for sure. And, you know, definitely as we're starting to, you know, kind of unpack more of this, I'm recognizing that regulating my nervous system is something that I could certainly use the help on. Mm -hmm. What What are some of the techniques that, that you recommend and some of the things that, that you work on with clients as, as you're moving through this? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite techniques is your breath. It's something that you have with you always. It's free. You can access it 
anytime, any day with anybody, whether you want to show them that you're practicing it or not. Um, so great if you're in a meeting or you're, if you're feeling out of control, take it back to your breath. Now, most of us don't necessarily breathe correctly. Um, not that there's an incorrect way or a correct way, but to access uh, a calming sensation in your nervous system, we want to breathe into the belly. So a lot of us are experiencing breath into our chest. A lot of us are breathing through our mouths. And, and we want to actually breathe through our nose. And we want to breathe that air into the belly. And then we also want to exhale through the nose as well. So if you close your eyes, I invite you to close your eyes if, if you can. If you're driving or on a treadmill, please, <laughs> please don't close your eyes. But if you have the opportunity to close your eyes, please go ahead and do so. And with your mouth closed, I want you to imagine that you have a balloon in your belly. And I want you to take a four-second inhale. And I want you to imagine that you are expanding that balloon with your inhale through the nose. And then as you exhale to count to four, I want you to see that belly and the balloon starting to collapse and to decrease. Go ahead and in inhale through your nose again. And exhale through your nose. Inhale for four, three, two, one. Exhale, two, three, four. And just start to notice how your body feels now than it did 10 seconds ago. You might have already noticed a shift. You might have already noticed feeling a little bit more calm. You might have wanted to take another deep inhale because it feels so good. But that is something that I like to practice multiple times a day. And the more you practice, the more your body gets used to breathing in that way. And that activates the rest and digest. So it automatically brings your body back down to a calm. And again, like I said, it can be practiced anywhere, anytime. You don't have to hide it. But yeah, how was that for you? I feel really good. I um, Yeah, I was feeling a little bit in my chest today, actually. And I do feel like that has kind of slowed me down a little bit because I, yeah, one of those weeks where I've been a little bit sped up because you have all the things on the to-do list and the anxiety piles up. And this really is such a great practice and something I have to remember. I have had times where in kind of that fight or flight or freeze or fawn situation. Um, I experienced, for example, I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'll experience some claustrophobia. And I think a lot of um, sensory overload in certain situations. And I've had times where just doing a simple breathing exercise in the moment and nobody even knows that I'm doing it necessarily has really brought me back and kept me from, you know, a panic attack and maybe an unsafe situation to, to have that. And it's, it's amazing how much it really does regulate you. Totally. Totally. Now I know sometimes with being over completely overstimulated, sometimes it's hard to take a breath. And in those moments, I actually like to move my body. 
And so that could be in the form of shaking, shaking my hands and just imagining that energy releasing and moving through my body. And sometimes I need to actually do something on the more physical side. So take a, a physical uh, like a yoga class or a walk around the park or a hike or something. But movement is really good too when you are feeling super, super anxious. You could even do like an ohm, which I know sounds weird. I'm. It's not my favorite thing to do. I actually just hum uh, instead of doing an ohm. But what that does, it activates your vagus nerve. And that will help start to calm your body down. So just kind of humming, like, hmm, it'll really start to bring you down. I know it sounds crazy, but I invite you to try it. <laughs> you feel like it. I'm, I'm totally going to try that. I, ha- I actually have not done that before. Yeah. Um, other than maybe in a guided meditation where it was in that moment, yeah. but not necessarily on my own. And so that's definitely something I can see how that would be calming while, while it may seem a little odd at first, or maybe you're a little nervous to maybe do it in a meeting necessarily. But once you get back to your desk, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think the movement is so huge too. Um, the yoga class, you know, they, they talk about, you know, crying in the yoga class. I think on TikTok, it's becoming kind of viral, the hip openers and uh, releasing the trauma that way. It's something I'm looking into a little bit more for myself. But yeah, I think that these are so huge, especially when you're in that moment and experiencing that anxiety right then and there. Do you have recommendations kind of throughout the day or as a daily routine, daily practice for kind of strengthening? And so it's not necessarily in the moment, but what we can do as almost like a preventive practice for ourselves. Yeah, totally. I would recommend doing it multiple times a day. And just to go back to what you mentioned um, about having sensory overload, I have a thing with sounds. So I don't like, like where I live, I have a garbage truck (laughs) that seriously (laughs) comes at six o'clock in the morning, right next to my bedroom window on one of the days. And it would put me in such a panic or just like the sounds at the dental office. Like I have a thing with certain sounds that really like it hurts. It actually hurts my body to the point where I would have to like plug my ears and like in fetal position, just really not feeling good about it. And today, like today I can hear it. It's still uncomfortable, but it's not crippling. And I truly believe that's because I use the breath practice multiple times a day. It just expands my window of tolerance. It doesn't mean that it get we get rid of it, but we have more space to be able to be in that moment. And it's taken years for me to go from being in a fetal position with my ears plugged to sitting on my couch or in my bed and being like, oh, that's so annoying. But yeah, taking five minutes. It doesn't even have to be long. Again, you can do it in the shower. You can do it on the toilet. You can do it in the car. I also live in LA, so traffic is a, is a big thing where I will breathe. I will actually have an active breathwork practice while I'm driving. And that has helped so much of just feeling calmer. You know, I used to have really terrible road rage. And now I'm just like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm relating so much to a lot of what you've said. I, I get a little bit of the road rage myself and like, I'll be on the phone sometimes with my mom and I'll be driving and then I'll yell something and she's like, wow, nice language. Yeah. And and I, so I'm definitely going to try that in traffic. It's not quite LA traffic, but our interstate has this major construction project that's been going on for like 10 years. And then going down to South Florida to visit family and driving through that area. I swear it's worse than even Orlando. Okay. Yeah. So definitely something I'm going to try on the road and bring it back to your breath. Oh yeah. (laughs) And the sounds I was, I was the child on the field trips. My parents figured this out that I needed to wear earplugs if we were going to like the IMAX. Okay. So I can definitely relate on the sounds as well. When my mom was pregnant with me, I guess my dad was building something in the basement of back when we lived up north. And she said that like when there were certain like power tools I in in her belly, I would jump. And wow. It's so wild because even to this day, I'm very easy to sneak up on. I don't like certain sounds. The dentist, if it's the top teeth and it's certain tools and it's just too close to the ear. Oh yeah. I I have to do CBD before I go just to kind of relax a little bit. But the breath work, I think is one of those sustainable practices that, you know, you're doing it correctly throughout the day because when I really think about it, you know, I definitely do that diaphragmatic breathing, the more of the balloon, but certainly in the moment, there are times where I get into that hyperventilating state and you make Mm -hmm. it worse for yourself by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I really love that. I think that recognizing, because I think that overstimulation, that's something that so many of us didn't really talk about growing up. It's, it's just not really talked about in school. It's not something that necessarily receives any kind of diagnosis or anything like that, but you just experience it. You might feel a, a little bit out of the ordinary that you're experiencing this and maybe everybody else seems okay in the moment, but to have a practice to kind of get you through it sometimes, because again, that yeah, the sound for me, and then lots and lots of movement. I get vertigo as well. Mm. All of that, it, it can be really anxiety inducing, I think. Yeah. And just based on what you just said, also, like, how are you living your life? Are you doing too much, right? Like, how much is on your plate? And not, I'm not asking you in specific, but that just kind of brings me back to, like, my friend, I just people that I know. And I'm like, but you're, are you doing too much? Are you holding 10 things 10 plates when you can really only juggle three like that. You also have to bring that into consideration because when we're juggling 10 plates, we don't have the time. We don't have the awareness to know, Hey, I can't do all of these things. Maybe I should put some things down. And sometimes that's hard for us because that's kind of like a a trauma response, right? That's what's familiar. So that's what we know. So putting two plates down that doesn't feel right, that doesn't feel safe because it won't be as chaotic, it won't be as familiar. Calm can be dysregulating to some people if they're not used to it. Yeah, you know, sometimes I live by myself and when it's truly silent in the room, that can be not triggering exactly, but you're right, almost dysregulating that I almost need like a little bit of background or something. And I've certainly filled my plate with... And I think COVID certainly forced a lot of us to scale this back, but I didn't realize that filling up my calendar was a bit of a numbing response and taking on almost too many responsibilities. Also for a lot of us, we don't recognize this, but especially as women, I think saying yes to things, we feel that it almost increases our value and that if we put some of those plates down, we're not 
contributing as much. You know, you talk about that not enoughness at the at the start of the show. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our heads around that we still will be enough, even if we do set some things down and, and focus a little bit more on what, what we need. Totally. I think too, just to point out what you said about having a hard time saying no, I actually have a, an episode on my podcast about how to say no. I've gotten really good at the no and it can be simple. <laughs> it doesn't have to be hard, but we have to understand that in saying the no, it's because we're choosing ourselves instead of putting everybody else first. And it goes back to that cheesy, like, you got to put your mask on first on the airplane before someone else's. But it's true. If you are not taking care of yourself, nobody else gets to benefit from the 100% you that you are. Yeah. And I think that's a perspective shift that so many of us need to hear. And we need to remind ourselves because we've heard that phrase before, but we don't fully take it into account. Or we think maybe for everybody else, but not for me, I still need to do everything for everyone. And, um, and that's not necessarily the case. So as someone who does have a hard time saying no, what are your tips? What are some of the things that you've kind of uncovered for yourself as you've started to, to say no and advocate for yourself in that way? First, I want to say no, that not everybody accepts the no gracefully. <laughs> so I think just having that understanding that telling somebody no can be very upsetting to the person who's receiving the no and that still being okay. I think that's the number one thing that I want to like let somebody know is that it is okay to say no. When you are saying no to something, that means you're just choosing yourself. And ask yourself before you say yes or no, it does this activity person thing that somebody wants me to do. Does that serve me and my highest good? Am I going to benefit from it or is it going to drain me? Is it going to give me power or is it going to make me feel tired and lethargic? Again, going back to the body. What does that sensation feel like in your body? If it's an absolute yes, you'll know it in your body. Your body will tell you. If it's an absolute no, your body will tell you. And it's just in that moment of listening to your body and saying, okay, my body's telling me no. Now on that, if it is hard and challenging for you to say no, it's okay to say not at this time, or thank you for asking me, but I cannot commit to that. So it doesn't have to be a straightforward no from previous experience. Again, people don't take that good and, 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 you can get called all sorts of names. It, it's up to you if you want to say the no, but you can always politely decline. No, thank you. Thank you for asking. That is not for me. That does not align with me and my values at this time. X, Y, Z. Does that help? I think so. I think recognizing that it doesn't have to be a no. And then that's, I mean, no is definitely a complete sentence and we have to give ourselves. It's harsh though. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I know for me, I had somebody recently, I asked one of my friends to be a plus one to an event and she wrote back and said, Hey, I'd love to, but my social battery is full and it's my first weekend without family in town. And so I'm going to have to decline this time. And I was a little bummed out, but I realized, hey, that I've certainly felt that way before myself. What a, what a great answer, actually. And I understood. And I think for the most part, the people that matter most are going to understand, even if it's not in that moment. But but yeah, recognizing that maybe not at this time, because maybe it's a not right now, and maybe it is something you can do 
later on that you genuinely would like to do. Also that maybe it doesn't align because I know when, when you mentioned like how it feels in the body, I have definitely, you know, I've, I've bitten off more than I can chew at times in different organizations and getting involved in the community and different things like that at work. But being at this conference that I was at last week, the organization that I got involved with, even though I'm an introvert and I usually need that time to myself to kind of recharge and unwind. And I certainly needed that coming back from the conference, but feeling so energized coming back from the dinner and coming back from some of the sessions and being excited and not wanting to pass out immediately getting back to my room it was such a difference between how I've felt at other times in my life doing other things or around other types of people. And it was one of those reassuring things where I thought, wow, these are my people and these are things I genuinely enjoy doing. And you really do feel such a physical difference in that, that I never gave credit to before. Yeah. Yeah. Your body, your body will tell you, you just have to be open and willing to listen to it. Absolutely. So breath work is something that as you walked us through, it really does not have to be a complicated thing, but I think oftentimes we complicate it. We think, you know, I need to do X number of hours and focus on absolutely nothing or on one word the entire time. And it can get a little overwhelming or intimidating. What do you recommend for a daily practice for someone kind of starting out and how can that evolve over time? Yeah. Again, take three deep breaths in the morning what we just did, four seconds, four to six seconds on the inhale, four to six seconds on the exhale, in and out through the nose, into the belly. It doesn't have to be complicated. And just start to notice how you feel in that moment. And it's okay if you miss a day, right? But having that intention, like I'm going to strengthen my own breathwork practice. And then finding either different meditation channels or breathwork channels. I actually host events. So I do in-person and online events. They're about an hour long where we breathe together. And I know some people are like, so you just breathe? Yes, we just breathe. However, with that being said, it is definitely more of an active practice when you do join an event. I will show you different, multiple different breathwork patterns. And these type of events are more geared for somebody who is actively searching for healing, is actively searching to learn how to relax, maybe has something like a question that they just don't know the answers to and they want to tap more into their intuition and their higher self. And so we breathe for about 30 to 40 minutes together. I have a a custom playlist that I make. It can be really fun. It can be really eye-opening. So my first experience with this type of breath work, I was at a conference in San Diego, 1,500 women, and we were led through a breathwork practice. And I swear to you, within the first three minutes, I had a full-on thought bubble vision come to me where I was searching how to forgive in a, a friendship. I had lost a friendship. It had been about two years where it was very painful. Like, I don't know if you know, but breaking up with a friend is so much harder than breaking up with a partner, an intimate partner. It's like, oh my goodness, we've been friends for so long and we're just not going to be friends anymore. Really hard. And so a couple of years after that, I could not get over it and I wanted to learn how to forgive. And so that was my intention during the breathwork practice. And like I said, I had this full on vision of us making eye contact. We 
went up to each other. We gave each other a big hug. We both apologized and then forgave each other. And I was like, oh, that felt so good. Like it can be that simple, right? Back to the overthinking. I was overthinking it. And I had this epiphany as I was breathing, like it can be that simple. And I kid you not, 12 hours later, I ran into that same friend at the same conference and it happened almost exactly the same way that I saw it in my vision, but I can only control me. So I was the only one who apologized. I still forgave her. I still told her I forgave her, even though she didn't apologize, but we both cried and we both hugged and embraced for a few minutes. And then we were on our way. And I was like, that as hard as it was, as painful as it was, like that was such a beautiful lesson. And I would have probably never experienced that lesson so profoundly if it wasn't for my breathwork practice. And so that's what actually led me to learning how to lead breathwork and facilitate breathwork for others, because I had such a powerful experience. I work with a lot of women who are stuck in their business and they want to know what blocks are coming up for them, how to move past the blocks. I have cousins who I've worked with and they've been holding on to resentment with their past parents and have been visited by their parents. I know this sounds woo and crazy, but have been visited by their parents and their breathwork and have been able to just, I guess, reconcile that relationship, even though they had passed. I've had people who have been in so much pain to where they couldn't lay on their side. And then after breathing, being able to release blocks and emotions be able to lay on their side afterwards. So there are so many different things that happen. I tell everybody that no two sessions are the same. And anytime you expect something, expect something else. (laughs) So, so again, to answer your question, I know that was long, but starting out small, breathing a few minutes during the day. And then if you're searching for more, try an app. There's so many different apps out there. I would be careful who you follow on YouTube. Make sure you've been following that person versus just typing in a meditation. Follow the person for a while before you just jump into anything so you know who they are, what kind of vibe they're with, what their energy is like. And then if you want to practice even more and have a full-on experience, I offer events and classes. What a powerful story, first of all, just how how you forgave that friend and how what you visualized actually kind of came to light. I think that what we see in our minds, we can manifest our reality in a lot of ways and just recognizing that that was even possible. And you're right, that it could even be that easy. And kind of coming into that with that intention, that's not something I think about oftentimes when I'm going into a meditation or into breath work. Other than that, in the moment, if I'm in that fight or flight, maybe thinking about getting out of that response, but maybe having an intention going into breath work just in the morning or when you're doing a session like that. I mean, how powerful is that? Yeah. And your your intention can just to be just to increase your window of tolerance, right? So not necessarily just doing breath work or meditation or EFT when you're in those moments, but hey, I'm going to start my day this way every day or as often as I can or as often as I remember and just having that simple practice of okay, this is strengthening me. This is building my window of tolerance. 
And it's amazing how quickly I think even those small shifts can make a difference in our bodies and in our minds too, because even for me, just kind of going through this manifestation course, there are different meditations and breathwork exercises that we're called upon to do. And I've noticed on the days, I I don't do the class every single day. On the days Mm -hmm. that I do them, I notice that my resting heart rate is lower the next day. And, you know, with no other changes as far as dietary exercise, any of that, but just truly the breath work and how much calmer my mind is after those practices and some of the revelations that come up in those moments too. Yeah, I think, I think that's so huge. And I think that's cool to know that, that you can work through so many different things, whether that's physical pain in the body or maybe blocks in a business or relationship or a goal that you're, that you're working toward or those family dynamics, as you mentioned with those cousins. Yeah. So much can happen. It's, it's been really fun just being able to hear everybody's stories and just see what can happen just through the power of the breath. Absolutely. Do you have any common blocks that you see when you're, when you're working with these women? Oh, imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) imposter syndrome, just not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough, and then perfectionism, not doing enough, wanting to make sure that things are perfect before they move forward. Yeah, those are, I would say, the two most common (laughs) that I work with. It definitely can relate to both of those personally and probably the majority Mm -hmm. of the women that, that I know have experienced one or both. Right. So how through breath work can we move past those blocks? Well, it happens when you're doing the breath, right? So again, back to you don't always have to know what your body's processing as long as your body's processing it. So I've actually had people who've come, and this just came forward that I would like to share. I've had somebody who wanted to work on their business, but as they were breathing, they had remembered that they had a sexual trauma come up for them. And throughout that breath, they saw, they went back to that same space where it was. She said she could see it vividly and she knew that it wasn't her fault. And she was able to forgive herself for thinking that it was her fault. And she was able to forgive the person who assaulted her in that moment all through the breath. And she came out of that session and was like, that was not my intention. I've forgotten all about it. It happened over 15 years ago. And she was like, but that's what I needed to move through. So again, you can have all the intention in the world to do it one way, but your body and your breath is going to give you exactly what you need in that moment. The body knows. The body knows. The blood alters. It moves through your body. So you have a lot of energy going through your body. It gets into all the nooks and crannies. Again, your body holds on to things. And so as you're breathing in these types of events, things can come up for you that you've forgotten about. And just being able to acknowledge them and to to hold them in that space without judgment, without trying to change it, can really help you remove those blocks and move through it and process it. And I think that's so important. And you really, what you said about just acknowledging it, not saying that it's good or bad, not to change it. Yeah. And what could I have done differently? And having all of the regrets, blaming yourself, I think is a huge one. 
but yeah, just acknowledging it and letting it pass through. Yeah. I think so much, we just don't allow it to pass through. We hold on to it. And I'm speaking for myself. I've swept so many things under the rug and I joke with people. I joke with my friends and family. I'm like, breath work is like going to therapy, but in therapy, you can censor yourself and breath work. It's going to come up. There's no hiding. If there's something that needs to be processed, you're gonna, it's going to come up for you and you get to decide if you want to process it or hold on to it. It's so much easier if you allow your body to just let it go. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes our ego doesn't want to, right? Yeah, I've definitely had the times where, and again, during the pandemic, it kind of was almost forced upon me, but in a way that was needed where there were times I wanted to numb and I couldn't and just letting myself lean into the emotion a little bit and cry. And a lot of times you're you're not even crying for that long. I mean, granted, if you've been holding it for, you know, 10 years or, you know, right. or for, for a long period of time or depending on the severity of the situation, but something that I was dealing with that was, you know, my, mild, but it wasn't at the level of some of the other things I'd experienced, but something that was really nagging at me. Once I'd kind of cried it out, I was like, okay, now I'm going to go do the thing I was going to do. And I felt it, it wasn't completely healed. It wasn't solved, but I felt better. And I was able to kind of approach it from less of that fight or flight. And it wasn't something I was ruminating on in the same way. So yeah, I think, I think that's so important. Just not censoring yourself and letting, letting that come through. Yeah. Do you have any other tips? I think for us, for, for so many of us, when we're feeling that stuckness or when we're feeling that overwhelm, we're not feeling grounded. And so the breath work, the movement that you talked about, any other tips to just feel more grounded when we're going through a stressful situation or stressful time period? Yeah, I'm a big advocate for being outside. Again, I live in Los Angeles, so I do have that opportunity to go outside almost daily <laughs> and get some sun. I think sun is so underrated and I'm obviously not saying go sit out in the sun for 10 hours in the day, but getting some morning sun, it can really shift and change a lot. Going for a morning walk outside can really change your perspective on life, can change your mindset for that day. I actually got a dog. I adopted a dog eight years ago to force me to get outside and take a morning walk. I don't always enjoy it, but afterwards I'm like, okay, that was good. I needed that. I feel so much better. Um, so yeah, getting outside every morning, getting in the sun if you can, going for a walk, moving your body. And something that I think that I have forgotten to mention that is so huge and probably one of the best ways that I regulate my nervous system is by playing. So doing things that are fun, with people that you have a lot of fun with and just kind of activating that inner child. So I play with my nieces and my nephews. We ride bikes, we rollerblade. I'm also a hairstylist. I do their hair and it's just being in that childlike energy for me is like, oh my God, I feel so good. Like that completely recharges my batteries. But find what play looks like for you. It could be going swimming. It can play is different. It can be an art. It, it it's so different for everybody, but find what play feels like and start playing a little bit more. I think life is serious, but 
sometimes we just need to be a little goofy, you know? Yeah, I think we take ourselves so seriously and we should because we're impressive human beings and whatnot, but we we don't give ourselves that permission, I think, oftentimes to play. And that's something that I, I was on vacation not too long ago and there was a lot of grass, like flat grass where I, where I was. And it took me back to when I was in middle school and high school and I used to do gymnastics and cheerleading. And I ended up, I can't do a lot of the same things anymore <laughs> that I could do at, you know, 17, but I did a cartwheel and I was a little sore compared to how I was back then, but it was just nice. Like, you know, just sometimes doing the things that were fun to us as children. And it's something that it's not trying to check something off on the list. It's not, something where you're trying to achieve. It's just something where you just enjoy it. It's just fun. Yeah. I love that. I think that is so important and something I think we could honestly do a whole episode on as well. Yeah. But I absolutely love that. And I think we've gotten into so many important topics today. I definitely want to ask you more about your breathwork sessions, the events you host and more of your work. Before we do that, I would love to ask you a few rapid fire questions as well for the listeners to get to know you. Yeah, let's do it. Wonderful. So this may be a tough one because we've been talking about quite a few of them, but what would you say is your top wellness tip? Oh, getting outside. Yeah. Getting outside, son, non-negotiable. I joke and say I'm solar powered. Like if (laughs) I don't get in the sun, if I'm not outside at least five minutes a day, like I'm not doing okay. Our bodies need the sun. Our eyes need the sun. So getting out in the sun, it was my top wellness tip. I love that. I had a summer, believe it or not, in Florida where it wasn't really, I I wasn't really joking about it, but people didn't believe me that I felt like I was experiencing the seasonal depression because Mm -hmm. I was working in an office setting 830 to 530 with a small break in the day with no windows. And that sounds horrible. (laughs) I loved, I loved the internship, but I was begging by the end of it, like, Hey, can I take something to the mailbox? Do you need me to run an errand or any of that? Because being in the summertime inside to the level that I was almost every single day, it made such a difference. And this is reminding me, I need to stop complaining about the summer heat and get myself outside in the mornings. Cause yeah, yeah, we're very, we're very lucky um, in certain parts of the country to be able to experience it year round. But Mm -hmm. I think what a, what a great tip. Yeah. And again, if you don't have sun, like vitamin D, you know, Mm. vitamin D supplements. I know it's not the same, but most people are deficient. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you know that. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Absolutely. Now, where would you say is your favorite travel destination? Oh, I have not traveled in what feels like forever, but I'll give you my last one. So Big Bear, California. I love being in, I love nature and I never thought that I used to be such a beach girl. And now I'm like, take me to the mountains. I want to be out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Obviously I want to be in a house. I don't, I'm not a camper, but I want to, I want to see the trees. I want to feel the dirt. I love when there's a lake like that is just my vibe lately. I love that. Yeah. I love being in nature, but with running water Yes, and air conditioning and cell service. (laughs) Yes. But some trees, um, if, I yeah. can, if I can have an animal sighting, that would be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh, I always think about this. And I will give you, so what I was interviewed at my dream salon way back in the day. 
and they asked me the same question. So I'll give you the same question. I, or I'll give you the same answer. I would be a bird. I would be a bird so I can just see everything and fly around and just experience being in the air. Love that. Yeah, I think the perspective piece of that is so huge, getting that full, I hate to say bird's eye, but you get that bird's eye view. I mean, I have skydived before, and it was an amazing experience. So if you ever have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. You are very brave. (laughs) That's, That's amazing. If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Oh, that one's hard. Yeah. That one's really hard. Honestly, I don't know how to answer that question because if there's something that I want to try, I will try it. <laughs> Maybe as far as mastering a skill, I guess I would, the first thing that comes up to me when you ask that is my yoga practice. I have been doing yoga for 10, 12 years and I've never really done an inversion. I'm too scared. I don't want to hurt myself. So I, if I could, I mean, I could, but maybe I should start practicing that a little bit more that's so cool (laughs) that's awesome that's one that I'm a little bit again I did the cheerleading and the gymnastics for a long time and now I'm so afraid to do so much of that I don't know how old you are but man 30s you you think about things a little bit more yeah I'll uh, I'll be 32 a few weeks after this airs and yeah very different than so you're a Virgo I am I'm a Virgo too hello Virgo sister so when when is your birthday September 19th I'm the 15th oh yes happy early birthday thank you thank you it's so nice to meet a fellow Virgo and I I love a Virgo yes we're a little misunderstood but I've been leaning so much into that now and Virgo sun um Capricorn rising which is getting this to be a little bit intense but I always love meeting another Virgo Virgos just get it you know yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's awesome Well, happy early birthday to you too. Thank you. Yeah. So my last question for you, before we talk about some of your offerings, tell me what's next on your bucket list. Retreats. Ooh. I have been, which is funny. So I mentioned earlier that I'm a hairstylist as well. I used to work in a salon. I haven't worked in a salon full time in probably seven, six or seven years. And I remember, again, this is before Reiki. This is before breathwork. It was strictly Beverly Hills salon, totally not tapped in, just totally out there in a different way. I remember writing down that I wanted to host a retreat and I had no idea. I still have never even been to a retreat, but yeah, that's, that's on my list. And I don't know why, but it is. (laughs) That's amazing. I do think that there's something so powerful, though, in bringing people together who whatever whatever the goal is, whatever the, the interest or the practice is, I think that collective and bringing people together in that in that common goal or common interest, I think that there really is something so beautiful in it. Yeah. Yeah. And in being that connector for that as well, facilitating that. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing when you get people like minded people together. Yeah. Well, you'll definitely have to keep me posted on your retreats. I have never been to a retreat myself, but it's definitely something that every time I hear about them, they sound really exciting and really cool. And yeah, so definitely something um, you'll have to keep me posted on. I will. Yeah. So Haley, this has been fantastic. I think we have so many practical tips to take away from this one. Before I let you go, tell us about your podcast and some of the other things you offer and how we can all connect with you and your work. Yeah, so I have a podcast as well. It is called The Unfiltered Soul. 
And it started during the pandemic. I was feeling very alone and misunderstood and not heard. And so I started with just people that I knew and having them share their stories of a hardship that they overcame and how they were able to overcome it. And it has gotten a lot of feedback, but that's how it started. And it has slowly started to shift into more healing and more practical tips, but I love the podcast. And then I offer group breathwork sessions online, as well as in-person events. The next one I believe is online September 8th. So I like to do them around the full moon. So I, if you are interested in coming to that, I told Valerie earlier that I will give you guys a discount code for that. So if you want to try that out, I'm sure there will be a link somewhere. But my website is also called Mind, Body, and Breath. Dot com. So my upcoming events are on there as well. And then I offer coaching. And we really, I ask you a few questions before we even dive into what coaching looks like just to see if we're a good fit. But if coaching is something that you're looking forward to or looking for, and you just kind of don't know how to process feelings or listen to your body or tap into your intuition and just have so many different questions, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you to see if it's a good fit. That's amazing. I'm going to link all of that in the show notes. We'll definitely link that discount as well for the for the breathwork session. I'm hoping that I can make it to that myself. I'm marking my calendar um, <laughs> right after this interview. But I think I think that's so powerful. And I love the concept behind your podcast. That was that was a big reason I started during the pandemic as well. Big reason why I started was that, well, A, I wanted to start a podcast and mm-hmm. it was the it was the time. Like if you if you're not gonna start when you're not able to see any of your friends or any of that, then it would be harder. You know, I always say like if not now, but definitely that sense of connection, because I was originally planning on doing mostly solo episodes with some interviews and it quickly turned into you know, just wanting to talk to as many different people as I could get to know their stories. And I think there is such a power in sharing and being vulnerable in what we've experienced and those things that I think the pandemic taught us that more of us experience these feelings than we realized. Yeah. And while it was isolating in a lot of ways, physically isolating, for sure, I think that you feel way less alone when you understand that so many other people experience the feelings of inadequacy, the imposter syndrome, the unworthiness, and being able to bring that to light. I think that's so beautiful that your podcast is able to do that. And I hope that listeners will be able to connect with that. We'll link all of that information in the show notes as well. But Haley, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your wisdom and your story with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun and um, I'm so grateful to be here. I had such a great time chatting with Haley and I love the idea of incorporating breath work more regularly into my own life. My anxiety hasn't been the best this year and I find that breath work really does help me out in the moment. So I'm definitely going to take up more of a daily practice to build up that resilience over time. I also really loved what she had to say about saying no. I think that's so important in order for us to fully show up for ourselves and for the others in our lives. We can't be 100% ourselves if we're not putting ourselves first as well. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm honestly so excited for Haley's breathwork session that's coming up next week. So for those of you who are interested, you can get 50% off your attendance using code WANDERLUST. I have linked the registration in the show notes, along with other ways that you can get in touch with Haley. So be sure to check out her podcast, her website, her Instagram, all of those resources and connect with her. 
As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing this part of your day with me, whether we're on your commute, part of your getting ready in the morning, whatever it is. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Now, if you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode, please feel free to reach out to me. I am on Instagram at Wellness and Wanderlust blog. You can also email me at Valerie at Wellness and Wanderlust.net. Please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It makes a huge difference for shows like mine. So if you tune in from week to week and you'd like to know how you can help out, I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to see your review on Apple Podcasts. I hope you all have a fabulous day. And when we see you next time, it will be episode 100. So stick around and can't wait to see you then.